Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm excited to be with you. I'm sitting here in the Furman Garner Performance Studio. And every time that I record a podcast, I have to say something nice about KUAF. They just raised a bunch of money because this is a public radio station. And I've talked to people from all around that said, you know what? They put on some of the best programming around. And it's like, you know, when I tell people in other parts of the country that we have our own public radio station, it's like, oh, I had no idea. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and we have indoor toilets and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, we have all kinds of uh, good things going on here in Northwest Arkansas. But no, seriously, though, I really appreciate the folks here at KUAF, Lee and Kyle Kellums and and just so many amazing people here that put outstanding programming on on a regular basis. And I'm even more honored as a podcaster to be able to have a safe space to create 
what I get to create. And so today is no different. And I'm sitting here with Daniel Jordan and Leah Jordan, who are the owners of Pearl's Books. And before I I get to them specifically, I want to shout out all of the listeners of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Those of you that follow us on Instagram, when I put out a call to say, hey, what episodes do you want to hear about? What topics would you like me to cover? And one of the first things that came out of people's mouths were like, cover the independent bookstores in Northwest Arkansas. And I thought, well, you know what? Who better than to have the the good folks from Pearl's Books come down and sit down with us and have a conversation? And they were kind enough that we connected on Instagram and they were kind enough to say yes. And so finally, they are both here. So Daniel, Leah, thank you guys so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you? Yeah. Good. A little chilly this morning. It is a little chilly. It it is a little (laughs) chilly, but you just got to make it happen. So, well, listen, first of all, I'd love for you one of you to just kind of tell us the superhero origin story of Pearl's books. And that can include yourselves in that, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, Pearl's books doesn't start without you guys. So yeah. I'd love for you just to kind of share and, and, you know, ladies first, Lee, I'll let you go. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so we, Daniel and I have two kids. Our oldest just turned seven over the weekend. Oh, congratulations. And then we have, thank you, a three-year-old who was born July, 2020 during the pandemic. And we, Daniel and I were both working for the university at that point in time. And we really liked our jobs and we liked our office, but it wasn't necessarily something we wanted to do forever. And then the pandemic hit and we were working from home with our newborn and our, at the time she was three and a half, four, I guess. And we just thought, well, what else would we want to do? And I think like it did for a lot of people, the pandemic just made us sort of rethink our priorities and our values. And I got the idea to maybe open a bookstore because just before the pandemic started, Nightbird Books, which was in Fayetteville for 14 years, closed. And we loved Nightbird and it just sort of left a hole in our community. And for us as a couple, it was something that we really enjoyed doing and going to a place we went went too frequently. And so I suggested to Daniel that we open a bookstore and he's really (laughs) averse to change. Um, And so I kind of kept pitching it to him. And by January of 2021, he was on board. And I was actually in a graduate program for counseling at the time, too. So, yeah, we just really hit the ground running. And in February, I drove by our space. I had my newborn in the back of the car. I was driving around with her to get her to go to sleep. And so that February of 2021, I saw the space that we are now in on Center Street called the landlord. And we had signed a lease like pretty soon after that. So from not wanting to open a bookstore (laughs) to actually opening was a very quick turnaround. It sounds like it. Yeah. Now, did you guys have any prior business owning experience whatsoever? No, no, no. <laughs> didn't have parents that owned a business uh-uh. or didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. My sister owned, uh, she started a toy store in oh. near um, Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. Several years ago. And so she did that. My, I mean, my dad owns a construction company, but it wasn't. So that is a business. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know why <laughs> I didn't think about that, but um, it's just so different. It didn't. It is. I didn't see the parallels really. Yeah. The numbers are really different. The numbers are really different. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's a whole. Yeah. yeah. Construction's tough. I mean, anyway, 
Yeah. So we had that kind of point of her perspective, my sister's especially. But yeah, as far as the two of us goes, we have background in retail. I do especially. But other than that, no. It's funny. We really like in January, I think we kind of agreed that we were going to start looking into it and we were going to do a little research and talk to people. But once we started that, it just very quickly became like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I like the way you guys just dove headfirst into it, right? Especially during the pandemic. I mean, I think if you can't start a bookstore in the middle of the pandemic, when can you start a bookstore? Yeah. Right? You have to ask yourself that. So. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, well, first of all, how did you come up with the name Pearls? Pearls Books. Oh, yeah. So we had a dog, Pearl who passed away in October of 2020. Mm-hmm. And we never really considered another name. It was just always Pearls. And we thought about how, you know, your pets, for many people, a pet is very comforting to you and helps you feel not alone and gives you companionship. love, companionship. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, books, they're the same thing. And so it was really easy for us to make that connection and to feel like, this name just makes sense. Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. And so, so Pearl's Books was born in February of 21. Mm-hmm. It is now, oh man, uh, it is October of 23. Mm-hmm. So less than, and, and, you know, I was telling you this when we were re- talking about this before we started recording, I was like, for some reason, I'd thought that Pearl's had been around for a long time. Yeah. And I know you've gotten that from other people, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea why that is? You know, I think so. Yes, we just celebrated our second birthday and people are surprised by that. And it always it feels really good because I think for a lot of people and families, we're an integral part of their lives already. Yeah. And so when they hear that it's just been a shorter, you know, shorter amount of time than they realize. It is surprising just because they can't imagine not being able to come to Pearls on a Saturday morning. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of people who bring their family into Pearls when they're in town. So, you know, it's really heartwarming. And you guys have gotten creative, I think. And and I certainly want to talk more about this, but I know um, Sugar Apple Baking Company mm-hmm. has done a pop-up mm-hmm. with you guys. Yeah. I've seen other people do pop-ups and mm-hmm. some things like that. So what I have seen is that as an independent bookseller, you have gotten kind of creative about how you connect with other organizations within the community. Talk a little bit about, I mean, obviously the elephant in the room that is Amazon, right? I mean, because yeah. again, that fundamentally changed how a lot of people buy books. Mm-hmm. I grew up and I was talking to somebody the other day when I was telling them that I was going to sit down and talk with you guys. There's just something about, I grew up in a library. I mean, I just, I literally lived, I was that kid that lived in the library. I mm-hmm. took out every book on tape because mm-hmm. that's how old I am, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember mm-hmm. the tapes. And yeah. so, but, but I mean, it was just something about that experience. And I can remember as a young child going into our local bookstore in Teaneck, New Jersey, and just reading through the books and that first crack of the spine of the book when you can hear it, when you, like, you're the first person to open this yeah. book up. and. I mean, what was it for you that really said, you know what, an independent bookstore, this is something that could be really special? Because, I mean, again, with the backdrop that is just how crazy the retail market is for books and the way that it works, especially with Amazon, it creates unique challenges for independent retail booksellers. So I'm curious to know where you said, you know what, I'm coming after you. 
uh, Jeff, and uh, I'm, I'm going to Jeff, and I'm speaking to Jeff Bezos, and I'm just being funny. But you know, you just because you corner the market in this space doesn't mean that we can't have a space for it as well. Yeah, I mean, well, we knew that Fayetteville had a need for an independent bookstore mm-hmm. and for a local spot. The community here in Fayetteville is very supportive of small businesses, of local businesses, and so. You know, if we were in another town or another city, that would have been a different consideration for us. But we knew the type of town Fayetteville is and the type of town we wanted to live in. It's the type of town that has an independent bookstore. And so, yeah. And and I think also, like Leah said earlier, Nightbird closing really did feel like there was a hole in in Fayetteville. It wasn't the same, you know. And so, yeah, I, I think. For us, it never really was like, oh, well, we can't open because of Amazon. I think Amazon kind of is doing its own thing. And sure, there are competitors for sure. But we know that that people crave and need small local businesses. And I think just the personal touch that Amazon doesn't offer. Yeah. You know, it's an algorithm. And so an algorithm will tell you what books to get. But when you come to Pearls, we're going to ask you what you like to read and why you like to read it. And there's just this personal aspect that you can't get through a computer screen. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that because we'll have people say, like, I could never pay full price for a book because we just charge you what's on the back of the cover. But Amazon, because there's such a huge company, they can undercut the prices of books and not, they lose money on books because they know customers are going to buy other Other products. Yeah, And so Daniel and I live in Fayetteville. Our kids go to the public schools here. We spend our money here. And so we're going to keep your money in the community. And so I think there are a lot of people that do value that and would rather pay more for the service and the, even though it's the same product yeah. that you're getting. Yeah. So. I also want to add that, you know, coming out, well, you know, when we were planning the store in February of 2021, there were several different points along the way before we opened, which was October of 2021. There were several different points along the way where we thought, oh, maybe the pandemic will be over, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, by the time we open. This will be great. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't happen. Little did you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But I think we also kind of knew that people were going to crave human connection as opposed to ordering everything on their screens like they have been for the past year or so during the pandemic. So I think that's something, too, that we offer. Like, you know, we have handwritten note cards that recommend books Mm -hmm. as well as just the conversations that we have with folks in the store. It's not something that you can get online. So, yeah, you know, and and I think about it, it's like. Kind of some of the one of the thing that's I don't think a- Amazon can replicate is the serendipity of walking into a bookstore yeah. and just finding something that you wouldn't have been searching for at all. Mm-hmm. Right. The algorithm just doesn't serve right. that up to you. Yeah. You know, it's like here is a, here's a book you should read while I'm looking for, you know, some other item that has nothing to do with books. When you walk into a bookstore in the same vein of, of the way that you walk into a library and if a collection is properly set up and. That's one of the reasons why I love going into the Fayetteville Public Libraries, because every time I go in there, there's always something yeah. new. And I'm like, yeah. oh, what is this? You know, yeah. and I'm one of those people that sometimes is just attracted to book covers. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole art behind that, you know, oh, yeah. a proper book cover sure. and the way that it looks. And but I, I'd be curious to 
understand what you guys have found just in the last two years of having Pearl's books open. What is the feedback that you're getting from people about why they are coming into a bookstore and what what are their biggest their biggest takeaways? You know, I think one of the coolest things that happens Pearls is multiple times a week for sure. I will watch people walk into the store and say to themselves or to their friends, wow, or, oh my gosh, you know, just some kind of sense of awe. And that's something that we pride ourselves on. Like we, our walls are painted a really deep, dark green and we have floor to ceiling bookshelves. And so we try to create this very warm and beautiful space so that when people walk in, they know that they want to come back. And I think that that's something that has just been really fun to see and something that we want to continue to cultivate, you know, create in the space. I love that. What about one of the things that I would imagine that you guys probably excel in that maybe even Amazon struggles with is some of those hard to find books. How has that worked out for you in terms of, and I'm thinking just in my head, right? So I'll I'll tell you a quick story. Robert Carroll wrote a book called The Power Broker. Mm Mm-hmm. That book is so hard to find, although it's one of the top 100 books ever written Mm -hmm. and you can't find it. I mean, like I had to I was twisting David Johnson's arm to say, can Mm -hmm. you guys order this book? And they finally got a copy in. Shout out to the Fayetteville Public Library staff. I love you guys. But, you know, I find that there are some books that I want to get that are really hard to find. Mm -hmm. How do you guys navigate those waters and. I would assume that people come to you for certain books that they know they just can't get anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, that definitely happens. We, you know, when we first started out, we had a relationship primarily with a distributor of books. And now we've expanded and have accounts with, and with publishers directly. That gives us a lot more access to books. So the longer we're open, the more we get our feet under us, we're able to like branch out and do those kinds of things to get to get even more of those books. But something that you kind of mentioned earlier is that's important to us is finding those books that you don't even know that you want to have. And a lot of those books that are really important to us are the local books, books by local authors, books about the region, the Ozarks in general, and those kinds of books you're not going to really find in a lot of other places Mm -hmm. outside of the state. And so... We really have a, we pride ourselves on our relationship with the U of A press as well mm-hmm. and getting those books in the store as soon as they're released. Bell Point Press also in Fort Smith, Arkansas. So there's a lot of like small presses that are opening up, like Bell Point opened up after we did. I think it was, they just celebrated a year yeah. anniversary. But finding those books that are hyper local or hyper specific that people don't really know that they want to learn more about and then they find it and they're like, Oh wow, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking about that. I have a couple of friends that have written books. I know one of my buddies, Mark Zweig wrote confessions of an entrepreneur and I actually got his book from you guys. So yeah. And uh, he had his book signing at Carnal Hall, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you guys were able to supply the books for that, which I thought was really cool. And that to me is kind of the epitome of what a local ecosystem can do for yeah. not only a, a local author, but for a bookseller, right? Yeah. I mean, you kind of have the best of both worlds. So I think that's really cool. I'm assuming you guys do book readings at uh, at Pearls. Okay. Yeah. How often are you, do you guys have those? So we are right now doing them at once a week. We have okay. one a week on Thursday evenings. 
typically at 6.30. I can't think of one that we haven't had at 6.30. Okay. And so we have authors reaching out to us pretty regularly, which is great. And it's something that we, you know, it's a lot of work to do, especially Mm -hmm. to have one a week. And we, like I mentioned earlier, Daniel and I have small kids. So we have been just figuring out a good system that works for us over the past couple of years yeah, and a good way for us to be able to support local authors while also having some time, some downtime. (laughs) But the Thursday evening seems to be working for us. And so, well, yeah, we're just going to keep rolling with that. And it's really, I think that that is another thing that we really prioritize and want to do is support local authors. And so we are already starting to book into next year for events. Wow. And we have signings, just kind of general signings, which are a lot more low key on Sunday afternoons quite frequently. Every once in a while, we'll have a story time on a Saturday morning with the children's author. And then we're doing, we're planning on December 3rd of this year, a local author open house, which will have probably about 10 local authors in store just selling their books and getting to chat with customers. And we've done that the past two years. Mm -hmm. And that's been a really great experience. And people really love that too. Yeah. Have you found that authors reach out to you or have you been reaching Mm -hmm. out to authors? I would say nine out of 10 times they're reaching out to to us. us. Yeah. And, you know, we also have regional authors too. So we've had, we've got one from Tulsa coming, uh, Hannah C. Howard on November 2nd. Okay. And she's, yeah, she's from Tulsa. She writes young adult fantasy. And so we're, yeah. That's a big category. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, That's a really big category. Yeah, it is huge. It is huge. You know, as I'm sitting here thinking about this, I also think about like lately, there are things that have kind of come back in vogue and vinyl is one of them, Mm -hmm. right? And so you think Mm -hmm. about those independent record stores or record stores, period. I, I wouldn't say, I would just call them record stores now. I mean, they're, you know, because there aren't at like, you know, I remember Sam Goody and some of these other places where I would get records, Tower Records. But, of course, none of that exists anymore. Mm-hmm. Are you finding that people, I mean, what's the feedback that you get from people when, when some people are like, well, I just like to read my books electronically versus reading a physical book? Because I do read a fair amount on my Kindle app. And I like that. But again, for me, there's just something about the newness of a, of a book mm-hmm. and cracking that spine open and just knowing that this is something that I'm seeing for the first time in print. What do you find as far as that's concerned? Yeah. I mean, the e-readers, we cannot compete with that convenience. Yeah. They're like laying in your bed at 1030 at night. You want to start a new book. You can't think of anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's yeah. one right, right right now that's instantly delivered yeah. to my device. And I wish that there was a way for independent bookstores to get into that market. I think the American Booksellers Association, our primary professional organization, is actually looking into that and doing doing some work to try to get to get that going. But right now we can't really compete with that. So, you know, we definitely encourage folks to support their local libraries and we do that as well. Personally, mm-hmm. you know. I get I get books on my e-reader from the library as well. So, yeah, I mean, it is just a kind of a different experience, a different reading experience to crack open a new book. And so, we know that 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 that's that that's got its advantages and we've got enough we, there's enough readers I think to support 
an independent bookstore here. So yeah, I think what a lot of people will do too is they will check out or yeah get an e-reader from the library, but then if it's a book mm-hmm. that they want to keep, mm-hmm. then they'll come to us. And so I think for those folks, that's a good just sort of that in between where if they're going to buy a book, then they'll come to us. Yeah. And we have quite a few people who are who are in that situation too. So. Yeah, that happened a lot actually with Fourth Wing, which oh, is this yeah. <laughs> huge fantasy book that's like blowing up right now. Mm-hmm. So people would order the book with us, but it's all, it was on back order for so long because it was so huge. The publisher yeah. didn't have enough stock, but they would get it from the library or wherever or read it, you know, digitally mm-hmm. and then still buy the book from us because they loved it, it so much. Yeah, and they, they wanted, wanted it to have as, as part of their collection. Yeah. So, yeah. Because yeah. you get a lot. I mean, do you find do you get a lot of collectors that come through? Your space, yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of our customers are just habitual book buyers. Yeah, yeah. So their you know TBR to be read lists are huge, piles long. huge, yeah, and they just have stacks just like next ours. to their yeah, just yeah. like ours. <laughs> I mean, I have created my own bookshelf just on the floor next to my bed. That's yeah. like just a little cubby there yeah uh, no, I, between I'm the, the legs of way. my nightstand. So I, I'm the same way. Yeah, there, there's just so much. That's the beauty of books. I mean, there's just there's always something new to be learned yeah. and to be read. And, you know, I find that the biggest challenge that I've run across as a book reader is, you know, reading just to read, not necessarily to learn something. Although I think you always learn something when you read. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's a difference like when I'm reading like yeah. a business book or something, a how to or something like that versus just reading some science fiction or some fantasy or something like that. Mm-hmm. that I can just escape with, you know, and just just yeah. immerse yourself in another world. And there's something to be said for that. And so I think there's, you know, understanding those differences are really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, yeah. And that's something that's important to us. All kinds of reading is is valuable. Yeah. And, you know, there are certain times where, yeah, definitely I want to just escape from my current problems or current issues or whatever into a, a fiction book. And then there are certain times where, I, yeah, I'm I'm wanting to learn more about my business or wanting to learn more about book selling or something like that. So I'll read a book that's geared towards that. But yeah, all reading is valuable. And yeah. you can definitely learn a lot about yourself reading a fiction book. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Do you guys support local book clubs and book groups that, you know, get together and read quite a bit? Yeah, we have multiple book clubs that meet regularly at Pearls. So we have some tables set up that can comfortably hold about eight people, but we have several book clubs that will squeeze 12 people, you know, around them. (laughs) And they meet once a month there and they just know that Pearls is the place that they're going to be. So, and we don't charge for after hours. Book clubs meet at after hours and it's typically sometime start time between the 645 window. And... We have a staff member there. We do sell beer and wine, and we have some cookies, but you can bring outside food. But, yeah, so people just kind of come in and make themselves at home. It's nice because then whoever the host is doesn't have to tidy up their house or right, right. you know mess with any of that. It's just it's a really casual and fun. Are okay. you able to connect? Is there like a through line between those people that come for those book clubs and end up purchasing books and things of that nature? I'm assuming there is some direct correlation there. Yeah. I think a lot of our customer, I mean, a lot of the book clubs that meet there were customers first. Okay. 
And we offer a discount for book clubs that are meeting in our store and just book clubs in general, too. So there is the discount that way as well. Yeah. And then how did you guys connect with Sugar Apple Baking Company? And the only reason why I'm bringing them up, because they've been on the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, I love those guys uh, yeah. so much. And, and uh, they are very talented young ladies. And they're doing something special with flour and sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm a huge fan. But I, I was just when I saw that they were doing pop ups at your spot, I was like, oh, OK, because yeah. they've, they've been around. They've they've worked with um, Hill Folk and with uh, B Apple and and they've done a, a number of creative what I would call connections. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I just think that that's something that people need to be looking at and supporting where and when possible, because it, it allows two different distinct organizations to kind of come together and partner mm-hmm. up. And then you get that overflow, right? You get, you know, the folks that come to Pearls with uh, regularity that then find out about Sugar Apple Baking Company and the people that follow Sugar Apple Baking Company get Mm -hmm. to know about Pearls. And Mm -hmm. so how has that been for you guys, those types of relationships? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, (laughs) We love it. Tell me how you really feel. (laughs) Yeah. No, man, that's like that community of small businesses in Fayetteville and Northwest Arkansas is so lovely and we're really lucky to be a part of it. Yeah. So yeah, I think they reached out to us and asked, man, maybe a year ago now. It's been a while. Has yeah. it been a while? We've yeah. had a few pop-ups with, I mean, they usually I do one a month. 10 plus. Yeah. yeah. Really? And exactly what you're saying is happening. People come in to pick up their sugar apple stuff and they're like, oh, I've never been to Pearls. Um, This is great. And um, people that are coming into Pearls, you know, Blanca's there, you know, um, able to tell them about the business and has some samples and, you know, lots of folks end up. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. Some sugar in a book. I I mean, it's perfectly paired. So, yeah. 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 They they do a great job, too, of like walking around the store. If they're waiting for customers to come in, they'll take their samples to people. And I mean, everybody loves a free sample. Absolutely. Like Saturdays at Sam's Club are so nuts. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, No, without a doubt. I just I just love that because to me, that's with what small businesses are all about. Mm -hmm. And if you can figure out a way to connect small businesses and each can support the other, I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. And so I certainly applaud what you guys have been doing. And and, uh, and certainly I would encourage anybody listening to, you know, get out to Pearls on a Saturday because you never know, you might be able to get some of um, Sugar Apple Baking Company's Rice Krispie Treats, mm-hmm. which are out of this world. I don't know what they put in it, but <laughs> I've got to say that they are highly addictive to yes. say the least. So, But no, that's cool. So tell me, and we, we did talk about this earlier, and I know that you guys have, you know, kind of been dealing with this issue. And it's an issue that we're dealing with in this country as a whole. And I, I think it's it's just the challenge of book banning, right? Which that directly relates to your business in a lot of ways. I mean, not obviously nobody's coming to your store saying you can't sell this or you can't sell that. But it's coming to the place where people can't go to the library to get certain books or could potentially go to a library or to their library and their school and get certain books. And they will now have to definitely come to a place like Pearl's or some other place to get books. How has that impacted your business? And what do you see as the ultimate outcome of of this whole issue that we're dealing with right now? And I know it's a lot, right? I mean, I'm yeah. not, we don't have to unpack all of it, but I, I'd just be curious to know if you want to share anecdotally how you guys have been feeling about that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's worrisome for sure. I think that the library, it really puts a strain on the public libraries, which are intended to be a space for anyone to be able to go to and to check out whatever is available to them. And so it's really disheartening to see that that is something that could be no longer a possibility. Yeah. And, you know, it does affect us as well in that we could, if some of, if the law that's in, that's up for, what is the word that I'm trying to say? It's uh, Act 372. It's like, it's a preliminary injunction right now. Yeah. But. Yeah, if that law gets passed. if it Yes, so if it gets passed, then that would inhibit what we're able to sell in the store as well because we wouldn't be able to sell a book that is potentially deemed harmful to children, which is a very abstract idea. Yeah. And so then what, what do we do about that? Do we just not carry certain books? I mean, that would be a lot of our inventory. And just aside from the hindrance that it would put on our business – it's really a family's decision, I think, to be able to choose for their themselves what their kids read and how they educate their children. And so it's taking away that right yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. And, I, and again, I don't think people recognize or even think through some of the laws that they're trying to put in place because it impacts in a lot of ways. You know, and I, I remember... When this all first happened and then I was reading, I for just for whatever reason, I, I saw the Toni Morrison documentary oh, yeah. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And whenever I saw that, I was like, oh, I got to go back and read some of her books. So mm-hmm. I went and got Beloved mm-hmm. and I was reading that and I was just like, oh, man, you know, that the first section of that book is heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. But I mean, yeah. it is so well written. But, you know, I think about, wow, you know, you, you want to ban that. And I mean, it's just. Unfortunately, it's it's kind of it was the reality of the mm-hmm. time. I mean, that was not those weren't made up stories. I mean, yeah. it was just when she talks about how she created her books. I mean, she wasn't just sitting there and it wasn't just imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of sad to see that how certain things have been chronicled in literature are not going to be exposed to people. Yeah. And they're going to kind of miss out, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't know what that's going to do for our society as a whole. Yeah. And again, I mean, I'm not suggesting that anybody read anything that's not appropriate, but at the same time, we also need to be in a place where we have the choice. Right. Because that's yeah. we are a country of choice. Right. Yeah. That's the yeah. you know, I want to be able to have the choice to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's the foundation. That's the very ethos of what we're all about as Americans. And so. To not have it in this one area, I find it to be a challenge. Yeah. And, you know, and I told you guys, I don't get into political discussions or anything, but because you guys are booksellers, mm-hmm. this does directly impact you. Yes. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how things ultimately shake out. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of people fighting the good fight and hoping that these types of laws don't stand and are struck down and that people do continue to have the freedom to make the decisions for themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the way we've been doing things for a while. So yeah. we should continue to live with that freedom to choose. And like you said, too, you know, we're kind of losing that part of humanity, right? If we're not able to expose ourselves to different viewpoints than ourselves or, or the flip side, to be able to see ourselves in the books that we read, that's a big part of the human experience that we're that we would be missing out on 
It's huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking of books in my head that have really impacted me, like The Warmth of Other Suns. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many good books out there that explain why we are the way that we are and why we are where we are at this place and time. Right. And to ignore that, you do it at your own peril because, you know, what they say, anybody that ignores history is doomed to repeat it. And mm-hmm. so we we seem to be in this this circle loop of mm-hmm. circuitous route of repeating stuff over and over again because we haven't learned the lessons and we refuse now to acknowledge what was, yeah. you know. And so it is, it, it is a challenge to say the least. But my hope is that ultimately cooler heads prevail and that mm-hmm. wisdom and just the desire to learn about other people's experiences and other people's stories will ultimately trump uh, some of these other things that we're we're trying to um, make happen right now in this season. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, you guys certainly have, there are a lot of opportunities in front of you. And I certainly want to encourage you guys to keep fighting the good fight and doing what you're doing with Pearl's books. For anybody listening, and I, and I did want to ask you this question because I know that there are a lot of homeschoolers in this community. Mm-hmm. Do you offer anything for, for homeschool parents that are working with their kids in terms of coming in for books? And do you do anything special around that? Well, as far as just the teaching, so we offer discounts to teachers as well. And okay. homeschool families would fall into that category okay. because you're teaching your children. Right. And I would say that... We have, I'm thinking of one parent in particular, but she comes in with a list, you know, and she knows what (laughs) she's wanting to purchase, but we are happy to help kind of tailor a list to each individual family. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be, that would be really valuable. And that Mm -hmm. to me is, is another benefit that an independent bookseller offers, Mm -hmm. especially in your local community. Mm -hmm. Now you rattled off a number of your peer bookstores in Northwest Arkansas, because yeah. I had actually had a lot of people ask me, well, where are the bookstores yeah. in Northwest Arkansas? So in addition to Pearls, mm-hmm. which we're going to put right at the top, <laughs> where else can people find independent bookstores here in Northwest Arkansas? Yeah. Okay. So we'll go from north to south. Okay. All right. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, so up in Bentonville, 8th Street Market is Two Friends Books. Okay. And they actually met with us before we opened and just kind of talked to us about the process of opening. And that I feel like is a really good example of the collaboration amongst the community in Northwest Arkansas. So then in Rogers is Brick Lane. Okay. And then also in Bentonville. And then they also have a Taunty Town location is Once Upon a Time Books. Yeah. And I Mm -hmm. told you about them before. So... And I would tell, I would encourage people that are listening, if you want to buy used books, they mm-hmm. have, do you guys sell used books? We don't. You don't, I didn't no. think so. Mm-hmm. But specifically for used books, because yeah. there's a huge market for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Once Upon a Time Books is great for that. And you can even go there and tell them what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And when they do find it, they'll reach out to you. But I, I still get emails from them yeah. quite a bit. So, cool. and I assume you guys have an email list, right? Oh, we yeah. do. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah so, you can sign up on our website. Yeah, and I'll make sure that everybody, when you come to the show notes for this episode, you'll be able to connect with Daniel and Lee. You'll be able to uh, join their newsletter, which I would encourage you to do, and just kind of stay up to date with all the cool things that they're doing and follow them on Instagram. So we'll put all of that in the show notes so that everybody can listen. Did, did, was there any other bookstores that you were going to mention? Uh, yes. And so then there's Masli Britos in Springdale. Okay. 
the parlor room. The parlor room is opening on Friday. This Friday. In Rogers. Yeah, in Rogers. Downtown Rogers. Uh-huh. Parlor room. Okay. And then Dixon Street Books yes. in Fayetteville does used as well. Okay. Is All that right. everybody? Okay. Yeah. So that is one, two, Sorry. three, I don't think I forgot four, five, six. You guys make seven. Once Upon a Time has a couple of locations. So it's like there's like eight or nine independent booksellers in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. So and, you have some options. all of them have opened except for Dixon Street within the past, I don't know, five, five years. years. Yeah, years. right. Dixon yeah. Street's been around for a while. Dixon Street's yeah. been around since the 70s. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm so, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to have a grandfather in the room. That's right. Right? Yeah. So you got to yeah. have somebody yeah. like that. So shout out to Dixon Street for holding it down for as long as they have mm-hmm. and for encouraging people like you guys to, you know, get into the game and, mm-hmm. and do something special. So I really appreciate you guys just taking time out of your schedule to come and sit down with us. What are the hours of operation of Pearl's Books? Yeah, right now we're open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6, and then Sunday is 12 to 4. Okay, perfect. And then what's the address again? 28 East Center Street. All right, 28 East Center Street, right in Fayetteville. So that's perfect. And what's the phone number if anybody wants to reach out to you guys? Yeah, it's 479-527-6984. Perfect. Well, there you have it. Daniel Jordan, Leah Jordan, and they are the owners of Pearl's Books, doing some amazing things here in Northwest Arkansas, an independent bookseller. And I really want to encourage everybody to support them any way that you can. Just check in with them. If you're thinking about starting a book club, why not start your book club and have it at Pearl's Books? I can't think of a better combination. So, But thank you guys so much for joining us on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. We really appreciate it. And this will be the first of several episodes and interludes that we do with other local independent booksellers here in Northwest Arkansas. Because I think I do think it's important. And the book, the book nerd in me wants to make sure that everybody that loves books here in Northwest Arkansas knows all of your options. And certainly, of course, we have great selections with our our public libraries from Fayetteville on up to Bella Vista and backwards. But independent booksellers uh, offer some things that uh, you can't just find anywhere else. So thank you guys both so much for joining me. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, we really appreciate you having us. Absolutely. Anytime, anytime. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Sign up today. You can also subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And please, please, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. And we'll see you back here next week for another new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.